0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, people of the internet. Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. And welcome my friend Skylar Williams with Rivian Stories, i'm a big fan of rivian stories and really anything rivian i think a lot of people are um it's like the buzz the buzzword (laughs) if anything and um if you want to have someone who's pretty nerdy about all the details this is a good person to have on so plus he's just a good friend that i would talk to off camera but we thought we may as well put the record button and get our conversation on the air um so skylar how are you doing welcome welcome to the show
1: (laughs) doing great man and great to see you again jordan it it has been a while i was excited just to catch up so being able to talk uh ev car stuff tech stuff I'm i'm ready for any or all
0: it's all fair game yeah um well yeah i should mention i i'm still working to track down a, a vulcan that's where i met skylar was at the vulcan was it their factory near austin because that's where yeah. You're based, right yeah
1: yeah so... um I'm based in Austin. Uh, Vulcan is actually headquartered in Round Rock right now. Right, and yeah. they will be moving to a new headquarters facility that's also not far from me in uh, the town of Liberty Hill, Texas. And oh. yeah, so I'm not sure exactly when they're going to be making that shift. But yep. they're moving on to some property where I think the the long term plan is to have like an off-road adventure course kind of customer yep. experience type center as well as their manufacturing and other operations.
0: We need we need more of that. So I'm I'm looking forward to tracking down um for anyone who doesn't know, definitely look up a Vulcan um, grunt. Is that the there's the runt and the grunt.
1: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So the the current offering at the moment is the grunt which is an electric off-road motorcycle oh yeah. cool you pulled it up there
0: yeah uh, for visual listeners i can pull it up for audio listeners go look it up vulcan spelled v-o-l-c-o-n so am i even saying that right I yeah forgetting. okay
1: vulcan and see me me and my texas self at first before i heard it said by others i was like Vulcan, but that's that's not it
0: Yeah, it looks like Vulcan because when I think Vulcan, I think the spelling from Star Trek, which I'm sure a lot of people would
1: Right, Vulcan. Yeah, (laughs) but I think,
0: yeah, I think this thing is awesome. Can't wait to ride one. Um, I'm just really into electric motorcycles. I mean, I've been a fan of zero for a long time. Finally got to ride one last year and I'm just so obsessed with that concept um just you know i I think going from a manual transmission car to a electric car some purists are like oh yeah you'll miss the actual engine and transmission but with a motorcycle i really didn't miss shifting i like just thinking about the throttle and the brake and nothing else it's a bit freeing perhaps maybe a bit safer too i don't know less less things to worry about but then you have a lot of torque so
1: (laughs) right and Actually, I love motorcycles. I still have the motorcycle endorsement on my license, but I have not ridden an electric motorcycle of any sort. I do have a couple of e-bikes at home, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to riding. I mean, I, I would love to ride the grunt sometime just because I like nature, the outdoors and off-road type terrain, so yep. I think that would be incredible.
0: I mean, this, this photo on their website reminds me of some of those towns in West Texas, um, where it's just dirt silos and <laughs> the most fun way to get around is a fat tire, like electric motorcycle, I think. So I'm, I'm in for it. Um, and in a couple of weeks, actually, I'm going to see the, the new Polaris, um, the thing they did with zero in partnership the,
1: oh really so yeah. the ranger kinetic ranger i think kinetic is what they're XP, calling it i
0: think oh yeah.
1: man you you got a spare seed on that trip i'd <laughs> I'd love to check it out
0: i'm i'm really curious how that's gonna go i'm we're there's an, a, a new guy that's working with us who actually lives really close to me which is great so this is kind of our inaugural trip um with for me and max to try to figure out how to work together but also figure out what this ranger thing is all about um because i yeah i'm hoping to see because i think they're already on sale and on the website it says sold out so
1: yeah (laughs) so i i actually tried to get in to get a reservation for one of those because i have a 2015 ice polaris ranger and I I live on a few acres and I use it around my property all the time. I absolutely love both the utility of it and the fun of it. But the the Ranger Kinetic is obviously electric, and I think it's something like 110 horsepower, and of course, crazy torque numbers. But 140 uh, pound feet of torque. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't actually. Maybe you can tell me what. What what is a gas ranger power-wise? I never think of the ranger as having a specific power because I just it's so separate from road vehicles that I never even think about that. But I know yeah. it's still important to some people.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I even have the small ranger, the 570, and I think it's like 46 or 48 horsepower, but obviously being the small motor, it's less torque. Yeah. And it it works for what i do and you know i've never been like wow around my property right i i never need to go faster or really i've never really stressed it i pull a small trailer with it um but no i just know that the instant torque and more torque uh, would be so much fun in one of these
0: yeah. And I don't think the the range is a big deal. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people with large acreage properties, ranches, farms, but still the small battery gets you 45 miles estimated range, which could be a bit more or less depending on speed. And if you're just putting around the ranch or the farm or something, then it's really, this will last a while, I think for most people. And then you can get the, the double battery basically, which is 80 miles of range. Um, so it's it's pretty pretty cool to see Zero's technology in this. I've seen I uh, actually saw a nineteen seventy three Porsche nine eleven with Zero motorcycle batteries and motors. Oh wow, um, which was fascinating. And uh, so it's it's cool to see them working with other companies, which I think is good for the other companies, obviously, but also just expanding Zero's horizons a bit. I'm sure they learn a bit too because that Porsche wasn't just like a weird hack job. They actually worked with zero to get software developed for the, the car, even though it was a one-off project. Oh, wow. It's supposed supposed to run in the Pikes peak hill climb. It was supposed to be this year. They didn't have it done in time, but it's got, I think four, it's either four batteries and eight motors or four motors and eight batteries. I think it's eight motors.
1: Really? So how, how would you use eight (laughs) motors in, a four wheel vehicle would, yeah, would be my question. I think question.
0: it's two wheel drive also. I think it's rear-wheel drive. Maybe they did make it all wheel drive. But it was it was a weird thing where they basically yeah linked up the motors in a, a strange contraption. Um and it's still Man. on the stock, it's it's using the stock transmission from that nineteen seventy-three nine eleven. So fascinating. I'm hoping to talk to some of those guys more about the project i just saw it, i saw it briefly at concourse d'elegance um i guess a year and a half ago so we'll see
1: <laughs> yeah no that's super interesting like i need one more thing to go out and, and right? research and read about but that that does sound really cool
0: there's so much to keep up with so i, I wanted to talk about how how i guess y- you and rivian stories came to be with Rivian stuff. I mean, when was your introduction to Rivian itself because you neo know, nowadays there's so many EVs either on the market or coming which means like you said there's so much to research that our brains are just hurting but we're they're excitedly hurting um, versus you know back when it was pretty much just Tesla and a couple small projects here and there it was maybe easier to keep track of even when zero or when Rivian was unveiled there was a lot less to keep track of now it's just so much. But how'd that all start?
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been a traditional car and truck guy, and I'm actually a huge Jeep guy and have been forever. And then it was probably around 2014 when I got my first ride in a Tesla Model S. And I was just blown away from just a car appreciation standpoint, right? Obviously the big screens, but the thing that really got me was the acceleration and kind of the eerie feeling that you get with that kind of acceleration without all the noise. And literally that one ride sold me on electric just as an automotive enthusiast. And so I, kept an eye on the market ever since then for something that would be more appropriate for me, Mm -hmm. which is trucker SUV and Rivian unveiled in late November of 2018. And I actually took some time to do my due diligence just because there's been so much hype. I mean, look at Faraday future and others and I wanted to make sure that it was something real. So I did all my nerdy research on the tech specs and kind of the design and engineering of the vehicle. But then I also went a step further and started researching, you know, the CEO specifically and what his background was and just kind of the company in general. And I put down, my reservation uh mid-december of 2018 so a couple weeks after the reveal i felt comfortable enough that it was a real thing to go ahead and you know put down my deposit
0: yeah it, it is hard because it's it's this era of like all these companies are especially walking around like an auto show or ces where there's a lot of great ideas what's real what's hoping to be real it's like i I have a lot of respect for them just trying to be real but it's that real question of are they actually going to come to market and there's always the stories about like i don't know if you're familiar with elio um where it's like what 14 years after (laughs) they started showing off ideas and still nothing in the hands of reservation holders or anything like that and it's just that's just really a little sketchy and then there's the the whole tesla thing where it's like sure a lot of things are delayed but it's still a real company that's leading the market in so many ways and so people can be upset about things but they're still going to be successful um but i was very excited to see i mean it just seeing my first rivian in person i was like okay this is becoming a reality and when me and kyle went to go drive it it was like You know, it it was so hyped in our minds. We were worried about being really disappointed because that's happened a lot. Of Just maybe, you know, the the whole thing of don't meet your heroes. Um, It's like perfect (laughs) on this pedestal in your head. And then driving, it was like, oh, wait, it really is great. Um, But like everything else, they have growing pains a little bit. Our Rivian is in the shop right now. So it's you never know. But I think in general, I am so impressed with it being their inaugural product. It's a new company. And I I don't know, I've seen companies start and then a few renditions later, it's finally a good product or a few styling changes later. It finally looks good. It's like what other company has had something look as good as the Rivian R1T as their like first vehicle off the line.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and perform as well. And I will also say this. So, and, and actually I guess, probably most of your audience wouldn't know this, but I just took delivery of my R1S last week at the factory in Normal and one of the early non-employee customer deliveries.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, what spec R1S did you get? What color?
1: So I got limestone, the, the light gray that, looks matte from a distance but it actually has some metal flake in it once you get up close like in the sun and it like a lot of grays it looks drastically different in different lighting scenarios so (laughs) i've had white cars for years and i almost went white with the rivian but i decided to branch out and do something different and i i couldn't be happier that i did
0: that's awesome. I mean, congrats. That's a big deal because I still haven't seen R1S in person yet. Uh, I've seen some people making videos with them and stuff, but that's really cool. Which interior did you get?
1: The the black interior. Nice. I'm, I'm a big fan of dark interiors. I feel Very more classy. cozy and comfy in darker <laughs> interiors. But nice. of of interest, Jordan, there there have been R1Ss showing up at the Denver Rivian Service Center.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, someone post about that and that yeah, I need to see if I can go go see one of those and I told uh, uh our PR rep just like, "Hey, as soon as we can get the R1S to do some filming with, let us know." Um that's awesome. So how was the you picked it up from normal and then you drove it back? How was
1: that? Well, it, it the R1S was great. The charging situation not so much. <laughs> And, and it wasn't, so this is my first EV and Mm -hmm. obviously my first road trip in an EV. And so it was a brand new learning experience for me on what it was going to be about. And what I figured out is I don't mind stopping every couple hours to charge Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, it actually, I ended up getting more charge than I needed on the first couple of stops just because the chargers were working great. They were, they were ripping. I was getting plenty of juice and, um, but then things kind of started to go downhill and, (laughs) (laughs) and well, it was, it was a charger reliability and, and availability issue. And I know that you know, Kyle just put out an hour and a half long episode <laughs> on why public charging sucks here yep. here in the U.S. And I, I totally get it now.
0: Yep. Yeah. So did you use mostly Electrify America or did you stop in on Francis or anything like that as well?
1: So I used all Electrify America with the exception of an RV spot in mm-hmm. a state park in kansas and yeah just pulled in for the night plugged into an rv spot uh, slept in the back of the r1s so nice. actually camped out in it and there was one other charging stop in kansas where it was a charge point that was supposed to they had multiple 125 kilowatt stations yep and i tried all of them and didn't get more than 70. But the, the interesting thing and the thing that kind of surprised me is that those stations were only 17 cents per kilowatt hour. Yeah. So I was like, wow, it's cheap, but it's slow.
0: Yeah. There's one, I don't know if people know in um, downtown Colorado Springs. So it's not like out in the middle of nowhere, but downtown Colorado Springs, a parking garage, it's free from one of those charge point stations, also says one twenty five, but I think I usually get I got seventy five when I plugged in with the Rivian, right? Because um, I think that's that's because of the the load, the Rivian's asking for and the amps that it can put out. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So I think that's the limitation. Um, but it's yeah. So I think it's um, the the garage is one dollar an hour and the charging was free, so I was able to charge to like. I did it to like 90% or something like that. And it took an hour and a half. So I spent two dollars to go from I don't know, I think it was twenty to ninety.
1: <laughs> and and actually I saw that video too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, went over to a coffee shop, got some work done, and yep. plugged yeah, that was, filled up that for was a couple great. of bucks. Yep. Yeah. The the other thing that was pretty cool is Electrify America in Texas cannot charge by the kilowatt hour oh, because wow. the the laws are such that only registered regulated utility providers can charge by the kilowatt hour so here in texas is by the minute and yeah. one of the interesting things is if you find one with the rivian or another ev that gets good charging speeds Yep. you pay way less than even you would pay to charge up at home. So yeah. if if I'm pulling 200 kilowatts at an EA station in Texas, I'm paying like six or seven cents per kilowatt hour, which is pretty <laughs> wild.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. My friend Ahmad has that Kia EV6 in Plano. And that's, yeah, when we did the range test and charging test with his car, it was like, "This is dirt cheap because it was by the minute, and those things charge like a monster. But then if
1: you pull up with like a a bolt, you're like, "Oh man <laughs> yeah, well, they so it has different rates even, and I can't remember the breakout. um mm-hmm. top of mind, I'm gonna say slower than ninety kilowatts mm-hmm. is is one rate, which is actually lower, so it's okay. still not a bad deal, yeah, but then, yeah the per minute rate, especially as a member. Right. Um, Which if you take a single road trip with, with EA, it makes sense to pay their four bucks a month. Yeah. Membership. Um,
0: And how was the, the road trip, I guess, from a planning perspective, did you use the on route planning that the Rivian has, or did you use a better route planner or how did that work?
1: Yeah. I used a better route planner. I did start to, at the beginning of the trip, I, you know, I plotted it out in ABRP, but then I also put it into the Rivian nav and they were saying different things and I just trusted ABRP a little bit more. Yep. And what I ended up doing after the first stop or two is just navigating to the next charging stop. Through Rivian's native navigation, because it also triggers the the battery preconditioning. Mm, so, yeah. so I use that part, but I was still planning my route, if you will, through ABRP.
0: Yeah, and that can be honestly, I find it fun. I'm sure some people find it annoying, but f- I'm I'm just such a planning oriented person. It's like <clears throat> I think it's fun to see what the the vehicle will say what about a route planner says compare and contrast. And then not just that, but think about, okay, which charging stops are longer and are the longer ones, or maybe even dictate which ones are longer by what's in the periphery. Like if I'm like, Oh, there's a restaurant right next to that one. I want to try, or for me, it's usually a craft coffee shop. (laughs) I'll try to plan a longer stop there and do stuff, enjoy coffee or whatever. And then some shorter stops where I'm just, you know, I, I'm really, I don't know how you felt after doing that, but I'm really enjoying the aspect of stopping and charging because I like breaks on a road trip and I like getting, I always have stuff to do. There's always emails or even I, you know, I can start and stop very quickly on video editing or whatever I'm having to do on my plate. So it's like, I find those charging stops, nice reprieves, get stuff done. The car is working. I'm working.
1: (laughs) Right, and I, I actually enjoyed that more than I thought I would mm-hmm. because it gave me a minute or, or a few minutes to do some things that I couldn't do while driving. But I will tell you, as a first-time EV road tripper, I I was all kinds of nervous. And so, you know, I was using ABRP. Yeah. I was kind of using the Rivian navigation. And then I was also looking at the reviews on Plug Share to know mm. which pedestals and connectors should hopefully work properly. And yeah for me, it was trying to do all of those things, which I did mainly at charging stops. It it seemed a little hectic and it didn't leave a lot of time for me to do other things, um, like check emails or, you know, non charging stop related stuff. (laughs) And, but I will say, you know, if I had a co-pilot, uh, a navigator if you will that would have you know taken that stress level down just that much more and made it so much easier and more enjoyable uh but it was yeah it was a little overwhelming honestly for me especially once i started running into some of those reliability issues
0: yeah now that that makes sense uh it'll it'll be fun to do you know I, i can't wait to see it at some point i um, hoping I can come down there or if you ever road trip up here, it'd be cool to, I don't know, get a full tour, do a video. And I, I love doing the videos of, you know, they don't have to have a set time frame, but it could be like six months with this or how many thousands of miles with this, because it's fun to see the contrast of what you felt right when you got it versus, you know, obviously as an, as an owner, you start picking apart the things that are way better than you thought, things you didn't realize you would appreciate. And also things that are like, hmm, I hope they fix this or change this with software because we're in that magical time frame time period where if you have an issue with your car, they could fix it just remotely, which right. is magic.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so a couple comments there. And first is just regarding the OTAs. Even though I didn't have my vehicle, I've been watching very closely everything that Rivian has released OTA and just what they've done so far and the cadence. I mean, there's basically, excuse me, a major release a month, more or less. And they have fixed so much and added so much over really a short period of time that it's, it's pretty incredible. The the other thing that I want to touch on real quick because we were able to have um, lunch with both the COO who came from Magna and and Mercedes Benz before that, and also the the head of manufacturing, and they talked about both the um, throughput and the quality improvements that yeah. they've been able to to make in the vehicles in once again, a relatively short period of time. And yeah, the, the vehicles that are coming off the manufacturing line right now are, are significantly more consistent than what they were doing early on, which really is to be expected. But Mm -hmm. They've they've made a lot of progress. I think even between the the truck that you guys have, yeah. and the R1S that that I picked up last week,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest glaring thing, and the only really consistent thing I've seen with R1T is seems to be the the tonneau covers. And you obviously don't have that problem with the R1S. So I imagine it, and I can only imagine how nice it feels because the cab and the Rivian feels so nice high quality exactly how i'd want it designed um my only like minor complaint it's cool but it's kind of a gimmick to me is the changing the air vent flow on the screen i would prefer the manual
1: (laughs) well and i am a proponent of hard knobs and buttons for commonly used items and and like hard controls on the vents as an example yeah i i totally agree with you there i feel like technology is great up to a point but still i i would love to have hard knobs and buttons for certain things even if they are software programmable if that makes sense so within the context of what you're trying to do in the vehicle. If, if you're on a certain menu, then, you know, be able to use a knob instead of trying to poke the right spot on a touch screen, especially while you're driving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's some things they can fix with software, some things like that. That's not a software thing. It just wasn't designed with that in mind, but it's a small quibble, if you will, of like, I'll take it because look what else you get.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is very very minor in the overall scheme of things. Yeah, for sure.
0: And as so the R1s like that huge panoramic glass roof. How do you like it? And what does your family think? Like how's how's the reception been of those in your peripherals?
1: Oh, man. The the <laughs> kids absolutely love it. So we've never had a vehicle with a third row before. Mm-hmm. And the kids love the third row. And maybe that's something just new and novel that will wear off after a while. But <laughs> I so I got back to Texas on Friday and I went to go and pick my dad up and take him for a ride on Saturday. My oldest daughter came with me. so you know the second row was completely empty yet you know (laughs) i was i was driving and my daughter is back in the third row and then you know dad jumps in shotgun once once i picked him up but yeah yeah that's so cool kind of funny
0: yeah so how did um like how did rivian stories and all that come about i mean i'm guessing it probably started around the time it was unveiled, or was it a bit later on once you realized it was a real thing?
1: No, so it was a bit later, and it's actually just kind of crazy and coincidental how <laughs> how we all came together. So one of the guys, Jimmy, I had known for a while online and then met him in person uh, right before COVID, February of 2020, when Rivian came to the Fully Charged Live event in Austin. That's right. Yeah. So that was my first time to see a Rivian in person, which was super cool and special to me. They they had both the truck and the SUV there, got mm-hmm. to meet Jimmy. And so, um, and golly, I can't even remember when it was that, that we met Kyle, but Long story short, everybody wanted to know what their order numbers were yep. um, and what what number they were for their pre-orders, for their reservations. I happened to be the one that figured out how to find it and mm. find your order number and kind of shared that online with people. And then I started collecting all the data and analyzing the data about, yeah, what pre-orders came in when and you know had had a guy that did projections based on you know what rivian was saying from when deliveries were going to start so we tried to project out from what your order number was to when you'd get your vehicle (laughs) and anyway so i ended up hooking up with kyle schultz who started rivian stories just him as his himself Mm -hmm. and reached out to him and said hey man if you want to talk about this i think it'd be of interest to people and yeah talked to kyle and then said he was like hey is there anybody else that knows a lot about rivian that might want to do this i'm like yeah jimmy so (laughs) we all got together on a zoom one day and then decided that yeah we'd just go on youtube and talk about rivian stuff because we yeah jimmy and i without a doubt both hung on every little minuscule piece of information out there possible yeah and yeah so
0: that's awesome i mean that's great that's how the best i think things start It's just you're kind of like wow how did this actually come together right Um, but then having a fun backstory and obviously being all enthusiast it makes it easier um so i think it's cool i think your content's great and i think it's like for, for me it's like the go-to place like when i hear someone mentioning or see a tweet about a rivian thing popping up i'm usually like okay what's rivian stories saying about it and then i'll go fine it. it's usually <laughs> you guys talking about it and and I, you know you've talked to a lot of like actual people at rivian and so it's you know it's it's not just all speculation it's like You've got data and you've got the enthusiasm and the, the technology mindset behind it, which is cool. And so I think it's it's awesome to see that and glad you finally got your Rivian too. I feel like for a while, it's like <laughs> you're doing all this, this legwork of the hype and the excitement and it's so personal to you. And so I'm sure you were kind of met with a wave of emotion when you picked that thing up.
1: Oh, without a doubt, man. And matter <laughs> of fact, like the days leading up, to going there for delivery I felt super weird I'm like <laughs> you know I've been so highly anticipating this for so long yeah and it's like I, I just felt strange because it was actually happening and I yeah I I I really don't know how to describe it it was just <laughs> really weird I was excited but then on the other hand it's like well, wait a second. All of this kind of pin up energy and excitement that I've had for so long. Like, yep I'm, I'm actually going to have it. Will, will I still have that excitement after I get it? I don't know, but I do. <laughs> I do, by the way.
0: That's good. And it's cool to see everyone else enjoying it too. Um, and by the way, Rivian stories is like the best place for people to find you there. Is that um, like Rivian? I know RivianStories.com. That's a website. And um, you have a, like a RSS feed and YouTube channel, of course, and a yep. cool shop.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> that
0: pulled up on the screen.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and, and that was kind of funny and that was born a little bit out of necessity too, because Rivian didn't have their gear shop up for the longest time and people mm-hmm. wanted Rivian stuff. and, yeah we are like hey we need to do something so that people can get rivian stuff and so that's that's how the shop came about and we actually had early on a couple really cool designs that were like sketches of the mm-hmm. vehicles and we promptly um got notifications from Rivian Legal that we needed <laughs> we needed to take those down oh, and yeah. yeah and that kind of sucked because we were filling a gap mm-hmm. and you know we were trying to do everything the right way and we even said hey can we like license something so that everything's on the up and up but then you know in facebook groups and forums there's people you know hawking stuff like Using Rivian's name, logo, the whole deal. And oh. yeah, the the guys that are trying to do everything the right way. You know, we kind of get our wrist slapped a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's it's hard and frustrating. But yeah, glad you at least have stuff.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got some stuff. So we've got the the logo that's made out of keyboard char- characters that kind of yep. depicts the front of the truck and yeah so that's cool but the um the biggest thing for me along this journey honestly has been getting to meet uh virtually and in person um all the other rivian enthusiasts like kyle and jimmy are literally some of my best friends now and you know so many other cool people that are a part of this community and You know, it started for me on the forums and now over at RivianStories.com, we do have our own community site. And just because I don't have enough time to be everywhere, that's where I spend most of my time interacting with people and posting pictures. And the other cool thing that's starting to happen now that there's more vehicles out there is we're starting to see more local clubs and people going and actually doing things in their vehicles, which it's exciting to see, you know, people are making those real world connections and it's awesome. The, the people are the best part of, you know, being yeah. a part of this for me. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And it's cool to see them pop up. And I, I've been reassured. I mean, I was <clears throat> driving our Rivian around Boulder a couple weeks ago and, in one Sunday morning, I saw five different Rivians in five different colors around Boulder. And they were all publicly owned trucks. None of them were manufacturer or anything. Like, you know, for a while it was like, oh, cool, a testing mule. Like, that's so cool. And it's like, oh, I saw actual owners. It's funny because they're almost all around Boulder, which is, I think, you know, the, the Boulder stereotypes fit the Rivian so well. It's like, I'm glad to see people in Boulder with the rivians and i feel like it's a lot of like people who had volvos and had range rovers and they were in subarus wave.
1: man yeah. lot, lots of subaru <laughs> people man for real
0: oh my gosh yeah but it's it was so cool and reassuring because i'm driving around and i see rivian i'm like oh my gosh and i wave and their enthusiastic wave back to me was like <laughs> oh cool rivians have a wave because i you know some people To some people, a vehicle is a vehicle. I get it. It's a tool. It's from point A to point B or your workhorse or whatever. But I feel like at least the early adopters are enthusiasts and excited about what they got and excited to see other people get it and share that enthusiasm with each other. So I'm not surprised to see groups and clubs forming like crazy.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And I've been a member of the Jeep community for many years now, and (laughs) I'm... I'm still uh, a big Jeep guy. Matter of fact, you've you've seen one of my Jeeps, the one I that love
0: your, yeah, the white Jeep on what, 35s, 37s, what's it on?
1: 30, 37s, yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's actually my wife's daily driver. And that's so she cool. she loves it too. But I see a lot of parallels between mm-hmm. the Rivian community and the Jeep community. I mean, the, the love for the outdoors and having a vehicle that can go out and take you there. And then also just the, the camaraderie. And it's honestly, it's just a bunch of cool people. I mean, I, I haven't met a Rivian owner yet where I was like, God, what a punk, you know? I mean, everybody's, (laughs) everybody's cool. So
0: that's great. Well, I mean, it's really great to have you on, and like, I feel like we could talk forever. Have to head out here in a second, but you know, we'll just have to do more podcasts because there's in between electric vehicles and technology. I mean, <laughs> the sky's yeah. the limit, and,
1: dude. I definitely want to catch back up with you after you have the chance to drive the the Ranger Kinetic,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, and and hopefully, hopefully, you'll be able to drive an ice version. Mm-hmm. And kind of compare and contrast between the two. I don't know whether that's on the agenda, but I'd ask. Yeah. And the the other thing that I'm really excited about, we, we were talking about Vulcan earlier. Mm-hmm. But Vulcan is coming out with a little bit more sport-oriented electric right. UTV. And just within the last couple of weeks, they announced that they're partnering with GM for the drivetrain so the oh. battery and drivetrain components and so it's, it's like a an
0: Ultium cousin
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, <laughs> something i mean so yeah i i think that is going to be really cool and really fun to watch and matter of fact the electric off-road motorcycles and utvs is a space that that I've got my eye on to, to really see what's coming next for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping to cover that more and more. And who knows, you know, knowing Kyle, we may just start another channel to cover that (laughs) because you always need another channel. (laughs) But for now, I'm going to try to get some of that stuff on out of spec reviews and out of spec overlanding, because I am so fascinated by the electric motorcycle space. And subsequently, which is kind of a Venn diagram, like the electric off-road vehicle space, whether small or large, I mean, like you said the the rivian maybe some of the parallel of rivian and jeep owners like being so enthusiastic is i don't know that that freedom mindset of wow i could take this anywhere like i choose to stay on the roads but i don't have to
1: (laughs) right right no absolutely that's that's part of it without a doubt
0: yeah well thanks so much for coming on skylar and uh yeah everyone go check out rivian stories see everything they're doing on youtube and just all the fun forums and people hanging out, and um, we'll we'll see it, Skylar back on the show soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Instagram's a fun one, and I'm not oh, a big cool. Instagram guy, but yeah, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy stays on top of that, and his wife Nikki, and they're posting all kinds of cool Rivian stuff. All the is day.
0: that at is that at Rivian Stories? Is that the the handle? I, Do you know? I
1: think I think it may be Rivian dot stories, okay. but yeah, you should be able to find it.
0: Easy to find, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on and we'll see all of y'all very soon on another
1: podcast. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks, Jordan.